0: Welcome back to The Peripheral. I want to give you guys some updates. I have taken the podcast and joined Arcalite Media. You might hear some advertisements. I will do my best to make sure that they are appropriate and tasteful. This move comes as a way to hopefully motivate me to get on a schedule, have deadlines, and have the help of Arclight to help me produce the episodes and get them out on a timely fashion. So with that, today I talked to Callie. She's a very nice person. Being nice and compassionate is what we all strive for, if only coming from a place of caring and understanding could come from both sides. Sadly, us nice ones can be taken advantage of, walked over, and become targets of abuse. Abuse comes in many shapes and forms. It's not always physical. So when you're listening to Callie, if you hear any similarities in your relationship, whether it's controlling, belittling, or just someone taking advantage of your living situation or financials, please know that what you're going through is not right, and these are not the traits of a healthy relationship. If you know somebody that's in an unhealthy relationship, Feel free to send them this episode to listen to. Sometimes hearing somebody else tell the story gives you the perspective that you need to understand what you're going through and make the next decision in your life.
1: So my name is Callie. I live in Wisconsin. I am almost 23 years old, so I'm still pretty young. So it makes me really actually sad that this kind of thing happens to people who are so young. Like you have no experience, you don't know what you're doing dating. I feel like it's really easy to fall into terrible situations and not even see it until you're out of it kind of thing. I never really started dating until I was an adult. I think that was definitely a good decision for me. I hate to admit that I can be kind of naive sometimes. I just see the best in people. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of this stuff happened to me, unfortunately. So I started dating my ex-boyfriend. I think I was almost 19, actually. And we started dating pretty quickly after we met. I think we got introduced through a coworker of mine, something like that. Friend of a friend kind of thing. Honestly, when we first started dating, it was really nice because, again, I'd never really dated anyone. He was really my first serious boyfriend. And I think maybe it started going a bit weird two months in because this is a crazy situation. He ended up hurting himself at work. I think he blew his knee out or something crazy happened, and he convinced me to let him move in with me which is like crazy. We had only been dating for two months and I really didn't want to do it. I know that about the situation. I wasn't really comfortable with it, but it was like he guilted me into it because he was injured. He didn't have anyone, anywhere to go kind of thing. And so I let him move in with me.
0: No one to take care of him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That whole guilt trip thing, which I am a sucker for that because I try to be nice to everyone. And it was extra weird because I still lived at home at the time. I had to convince my mother to allow this to happen, which she did let it happen. I don't know. I know she was worried about it. Obviously, my mom is pretty protective of me. So we did have a long conversation about whether I really wanted him to live here. And I told her that I did. And I pretty much lied to her. So I'm like thinking if I had been honest with my mom, none of this would have happened, which... I hope my mom doesn't listen to this because I will get like all kinds of shit that I should have listened to her. I told Um. you so.
0: I told you so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, thankfully, like I'm pretty close with my mom. We have a good relationship, so we haze each other a bit. It's fine. So I think we lived with my mom for maybe a month or so before we found our own place. And the place we ended up finding was about 30 minutes away in a different town. So Kind of a distance away nothing crazy though when we did move in he was still injured so it was like me and my family doing all of the work <laughs> which i was fine with like he's injured but he was just giving us crap about damaging his stuff and it's not like he had anything worthwhile like he didn't have a <laughs> job like <laughs> it's even like to the point now i have a hard time just being honest about it because i feel like i'm being mean to him which, I don't know why I feel that way. I don't like talking bad about him, even after everything he did to me.
0: Because you're a good person, and good people don't have malicious intent.
1: I really, I think that is what it is. I think you're right there. So we lived together alone, and it was a weird situation because my parents went on like a trip out of the country And so I was really, honestly, really isolated for a long time because my family was gone. Like all my friends are, we're all working. Like all of my friends are really like hardworking people. So we're always busy. And I was just basically dating a loser who didn't ever want to leave the house or do anything to even get our apartment. I was the one funding everything because again, he didn't have a job at the time, which He was injured, so I understood.
0: But your name's on the lease. You're the one signing everything.
1: Right, exactly. All the bills, everything. I have my own car I was paying for. Everything, because I'm pretty responsible. And so maybe the first couple months I was okay with it, because he was recuperating, getting over his injury. But once he started being okay by himself, like... He could walk and stuff. I expected that he was going to get a job and start helping me out and half and half kind of thing. And that is absolutely not how it went. He. What ended up happening is I was getting really stressed out about never having any money. So I started picking up more hours at my job. I don't mind working double shifts every so often, but when you have to do three doubles a week just to pay all your bills and support this person, who's supposed to be your partner and he's supposed to be helping you out. It was just miserable.
0: When you get off work, you're exhausted. You're not going to spend quality time with your partner. You're mentally and emotionally exhausted to the point where you're not even in a good mood anymore and you can't even enjoy life.
1: Right. No, it's absolutely how I felt. It was so draining and just exhausting, even doing anything after work. And if he had been home and like, I have a dog and a cat, like he would kind of take care of them, play with them. But even if he would do like some of the housework, like cleaning or like even cooking or I don't know, he just never did anything. I was the one in charge of every single aspect of our house and our bills, everything. And I never had time to relax or do anything. Just, it took me a long time to get fed up with it, though, which bothers me. (laughs) Even if it was just me dealing with it and how I would process the situation, it's almost worse because I had this person almost standing over me constantly and telling me that this is what works for us and this is totally, we're doing just fine. You working and me being at home, that's how things are supposed to be and I don't, obviously that's not true. I know that now, but, (laughs) well, I will say that since it was, I was the one paying for everything. I felt pretty strongly that I was the one who should set all of the rules and that he wanted to have his friends over constantly. Even when I was home and you work a double shift, you come home, you're basically a maid and taking care of animals. I don't want people there being loud and obnoxious and in my space i'm pretty introverted i like to have quiet time he just did not want that at all like people were over constantly he was always playing like video games and stuff with like just super loud volume music playing all the time like i never got a moment of peace i just remember i (laughs) i did this almost every day coming home from work i would sit in my car in my driveway and just try to sit there as long as I possibly could because that was the only peace and quiet I got ever. (laughs) And I don't know.
0: You need your own time. You need me time. You need peace and quiet. Otherwise you're gonna go crazy.
1: And it did drive me crazy. I'm trying not to get emotional. (laughs) I'm such a crier. I cry all the time, so it's fine. I've never really talked to anyone about a lot of this stuff. I've done like therapy a little bit, but I don't really think it's my thing. So I've just never really vocalized a lot of this stuff.
0: Do you not talk about it because you're ashamed?
1: No, it's not a shame thing because I'm not ashamed. I know a lot of people go through crappy things and it's not, it's not my fault. It's not any victim's fault. I think I just don't talk about it because... I guess I have really good friends. I could talk to them about it, but I don't like feeling like a burden on people. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, I know.
1: I think it's also because I lived with this guy who just took everything from me for like over a year and a half. And what a burden that was. I don't want to even come close to making someone feel that way
0: so you said that when you were moving him in he was complaining about breaking his stuff or being careful with his stuff did that attitude continue while he lived with you
1: oh absolutely yeah (laughs) he was just he always had something to say about what i was doing i was never doing anything right no matter what it was really annoying especially when he couldn't get up and do it himself so you're literally unable to walk And you're going to sit there and tell me that I'm doing things wrong. Like, I'm trying to help you. (laughs) And I just, I don't even understand that.
0: Did he have a a cane or a walker? Like,
1: he had like crutches for quite a while. And it also sucked because the apartment we moved into was like on the second floor. So you had to walk upstairs to get up to it. And like, I'm not a small person, but he's like a giant compared to me. So it was so hard for me to even help him. I just remember all the times I had to try to help him up the stairs. I don't know how I didn't break an ankle or something. Like, (laughs) obviously, I'm going to help people. I don't know. I don't feel bad for it. But he could have been nicer about it. Someone's helping you out.
0: I'm assuming that there was probably one time you're helping him up the stairs and your resentment is building, and you're like, I could just let go right now. And (laughs) just,
1: I, (laughs) I, you're making me admit stuff I'm ashamed of. No, it's fine. I definitely had those thoughts, especially towards the end after he was like healed and everything, but like towards the end of our relationship, it's, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You just get so fed up. After months of that kind of behavior, he did eventually end up getting a job and starting to help pay bills and stuff, which I don't know why I thought that would fix everything. i just trying to be optimistic, I guess. I thought that him offering to help out finally, after I think we had lived together for four or five months in our new apartment, and I had been paying everything up until then, until he finally decided to get a job. It was such a inconvenience to me because him trying to start going on job interviews, he couldn't drive, so I had to drive him everywhere because I was the only one with a license. I was the only one with a car. So I, w- I remember I would have to leave work early all the time and then go back to work after I dropped him off and then go pick him up. Like It was so frustrating, but I had to do it because I needed someone to start helping me. There was a few times I borrowed money from my parents, which like my parents were super nice about it. But that's just embarrassing because I wanted to be independent and responsible. And it was almost like I wasn't doing it right, even though the problem wasn't me. I just internalized a lot of that. I know I felt awful about myself all the time.
0: You feel like you're the one that's failing. You know you can accomplish these things, but you're struggling. And the one person that you should be able to rely on, well, he's kind of the cause. You're not a failure because you missed the red flags. You're not failing because you were patient and showed him compassion. That's not a failure on your part at all.
1: No, I agree. It definitely says... Everything about what kind of person he is, being okay with doing that to someone. And it also says a lot about who I am as a person, just how I handled everything.
0: I want you to believe it though. I don't want you just to agree. I want you to believe it.
1: No, you're right. I think I still struggle with that for sure. I am getting better about it. Again, like a lot of this stuff, it happened pretty recently. Like it's only been a few years.
0: Would you say he was verbally abusive?
1: Absolutely verbally abusive and like emotionally abusive, just constantly berating me. I don't know. (sighs) Okay. It's really funny. I've been spending the past few days just talking out loud to myself and like kind of going through it all so that I would be ready to verbalize it. And now I'm like having the hardest time.
0: It's okay. You don't know how many conversations I've had with myself in my car or in my bed or in my shower and they go this way in my head. But then when I try to verbalize it, it just all falls apart. There's no rush here. Yes, thank you. There's nothing. (laughs)
1: So he finally did manage to get a job and he started doing in-home healthcare for people with like disabilities or injuries, like that kind of thing. And to me, that was really ironic.
0: (laughs) I was about to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... Well, maybe you're going to understand how terrible you were. If some one of your clients is going to start berating you for the simplest thing, Like maybe you'll understand how awful you treated me. Of course, narcissistic people don't understand that kind of stuff. So one of the first houses he worked at was across town. So I would have to drive him or he would have to get a taxi or something if he had the money for it. But eventually I convinced him to... Put in a request because one of the houses they operated was literally on the same street as us. He could just walk. And so I finally convinced him to switch houses. So he did, thankfully. So at least that was one thing off of my plate. I didn't have to worry about driving him everywhere.
0: But something I heard is you convinced him to make this change to make your life easier.
1: It was an argument. It definitely was. He just had everything to complain about and everything, every reason not to do it. And it didn't matter at all how inconveniencing it was to me because he just expected me to do it. And so once he started getting a regular paycheck, I honestly, I put my foot down the most I ever did with him. I told him that Now that he's making money, he's going to pay all of the rent. And I will pay the bills, fine. But you are paying rent or you can leave because this is my apartment. I have been paying for it. I don't need you here if you're just going to make my life harder. And when when you stand up to someone who just has been terrible to you, he was just trying to sweet talk me and settle me down, basically. But I actually was really insistent, which I feel like if I hadn't been, things just would have stayed the same. So he did end up starting to pay rent, thankfully. So it was nice because I could finally start saving money and not having absolutely nothing to my name at the end of every month, which is miserable. So it was nice for a while. Once something changes in a positive way, Things would go good for a while, and I would feel like things were gonna stay good, and then they would just get worse and worse. It was like an emotional roller coaster, basically.
0: You always want to have that faith that things are getting better. People can go, Oh, yeah, I'll start cleaning up, I'll take out the trash, or I'll do whatever change you want. They do it for what a week, maybe two.
1: That's exactly how it went. He Just never wanted to help me do anything or do anything I wanted to do. Like, we hardly ever left the house unless it was to go do something he was interested in. Which, again, like, I'm a pretty introverted person. I don't necessarily love going out and doing stuff constantly. But that also made it even worse because I'm hardly ever asking to do stuff. And every single time it was unacceptable that I would even consider him coming along with me.
0: I'm assuming he just had no interest and would just say, no, I'd rather stay at home and play my Xbox or something to that effect.
1: Pretty much. It was funny because we have a lot of similar interests. So I would invite him to things that I knew he would be interested in. If he had found it himself, he would have made me go. But it was almost like since I was the one who wanted to go. He didn't want to go solely because it was me. And of course, there were things he probably wouldn't have gone to anyway. But that's what really nagged me because I was trying to find things we both would enjoy.
0: There's this running theme I always see with kind of abusive relationships or even just in dysfunctional relationships is one person's putting in all the effort, whether that's financial whether that's emotional whether that's trying to work on it trying to make things better trying to go socialize one person's putting in all the effort and the others not lifting a finger
1: that is definitely true
0: and you were carrying it all
1: yeah i think in total we were probably together almost two years maybe Like a year and nine months, something like that. But it definitely felt like a lot longer. I was just exhausted by the time we finally broke up. Were
0: there some milestones that kind of led you to that? I mean, obviously he got a job, so that was a good thing at first. But were there some events that kind of turned the tides?
1: There were definitely... That's the thing. I feel like it was nothing big that really happened. It was anticlimactic in a way. Again, like him getting a job, he basically used that against me even more. After he started paying his portion of the bills, it kind of turned from me doing everything to now that he has more control over the finances. It was definitely like he wanted all of the control, even like over my money still. And we only lived at our apartment for, like, a year. We decided not to re-sign our lease. We ended up moving back to my hometown, and we stayed with his mom for a little bit just because I was super insistent that I didn't want to move back home, not because of, like, my family or anything, just because I it was a little embarrassing to think that I might have to live back at home, and I didn't want to go through that. I did end up having to move back home, but it was definitely the best thing for me, so. But living with his mom, like, he and his mom did not get along very well because she's also pretty manipulative and just not a very caring person. So living there was just, it was like I had two people who were just manipulating me and trying to control me constantly. So I definitely ducked out of there as fast as I could. Once my mom decided, well, actually, I ended up talking to my mom and telling her what was going on, and she pretty much made me come home. And she didn't want me living there anymore, which was really great of her. I appreciate that a lot.
0: It's wonderful when our parents stand up for us.
1: (laughs) It was so nice. I wouldn't have done it myself. Absolutely not. (laughs) So it was good that I had someone on my side for once is what it felt like so after we stopped living together i think really what happened was he i didn't have that influence over me constantly i was living at home i had my own space i could do whatever i wanted and i didn't have someone berating me constantly so i pretty much got really sick of him after we stopped living together because i realized how terrible he was to me
0: you got clarity pretty much yeah when you yeah. remove yourself from that toxic horrible situation you're like oh shit i don't have to put up with that
1: it was so bad like when we were living together i didn't i knew i wasn't happy i knew that he wasn't very nice to me but i didn't realize how bad it was until like off chance i would go hang out with my friends and i would tell them some story about some argument we got in you could just see the look on their faces like that is not normal (laughs) and that happened more and more after we stopped living together i just started realizing how crazy everything got what ended up happening is i got home from work and so this was back when i was still working double shifts so i think i would get to work at 5 a.m to open i would come home at 2 and have a couple hours off and then I would go back to work at four and then work until close, like eight or nine. So like a crazy, ridiculous, busy schedule. And I got home from work. It was like nine o'clock. I was absolutely exhausted. I just had a terrible day at work. And then knowing I had to come home, I just figured it was going to be loud and there was going to be people over. So I sat in my car for like 20 minutes, I think. And when I finally did end up going inside, he confronted me. He was basically, he like had his phone in his hand and he had the timer or like the, his clock app up. Like he was timing how long I sat in my car. And he was so pissed off at me for not coming inside immediately because he didn't want to take my dog outside. And so my dog had an accident. And so he was furious with me because that was my fault because I didn't come in and take the dog out and he had an accident because I was sitting in my car and that's my fault. I was absolutely irritated about that. You're going to time me. You're sitting here doing nothing. My poor dog has to go outside. That pissed me off so much. He could do whatever he wanted. Like he could say crap to me, but if he neglected my dog, that was absolutely unacceptable. So I did start yelling at him about it. We got in a big argument and he ended up getting so mad at me. He threw his phone, maybe not at me, but it definitely was in my direction and it smashed into the wall next to me. Just the look on his face (laughs) after he threw it. It completely stopped me. Like, I was not yelling anymore. I was just standing there. Like, that did not just happen. He just chucked his phone at me. He basically stormed off. He left the apartment, went for a walk. I don't know what the hell he did. He came back at maybe 2 in the morning, and I had already gone to bed. And he woke me up, and he basically started apologizing to me for losing his temper. And it was just the most insane apology. He basically said, I'm really sorry that you didn't come in right away and you made me upset and you made me throw my phone at you. Like (laughs) the most backwards. Yeah.
0: I think it's good to give examples so other people might hear what a narcissist controlling stupid asshole has to say and
1: See, and I agree, because in the moment, it sounded like, I don't want to say it sounded like a good apology, but it made sense almost. I was following along with what he was saying, and it didn't sound super manipulative, but, like, obviously telling you now, it's almost funny in a terrible way. That's not an apology, and no matter what I had said to him, there's no excuse to throw your phone at the wall, like... I did not cause that at all. Like That was you not being able to control your own anger.
0: He could have taken your dog out, gone to your car, and asked if everything was okay. And therefore, the dog gets taken out and he gets to see why you're sitting in your car. I don't know. Just that's what a normal person would do. But we're not talking about a normal person.
1: No, absolutely not. We're not talking about a normal person because that's what I would have done. I wouldn't whip out my phone and start timing you. I would go make sure you were okay. And it was never, he never cared whether I was okay or not. So I wish I could say that that phone incident, I wish I had just ended things after that. Because he he wasn't physically abusive. Like, I think throwing his phone was the closest he ever got. Which is terrifying. Because again, he's a giant compared to me. Like, He could have really hurt me if he wanted to.
0: What was the turning point? What was the event where you were just, I'm done?
1: So uh, what ended up happening was I was on the phone with him. And this was when we weren't living together anymore. And I could tell he's he's in his friend's car. And I don't know what they're doing. But I can hear his friend talking shit about me in the background, which... Drives me insane. I got that makes me really mad. And every time it, it happened a lot, and I would always stand up for myself because I'm really not afraid to confront people. So I would mention it like, Hey, I can hear your friends talking shit about me. Can you knock it off? <laughs> like, I'm right here. You're not being subtle about it. <laughs> and this last time it happened, he just lost his mind. He started cussing me out and screaming at me, so I ended up hanging up on him. And he ended up coming over to my house, and he was yelling at me because I hung up on him. I'm trying to explain, like, I hung up on you because you were screaming at me. I can't have a conversation with you if you're screaming at me. And he basically said that his friends were allowed to say whatever they wanted about me, Even if I could hear it, he didn't care what they had to say, and some of the stuff he was saying was true, so I don't know. He didn't know why I was so mad about it, Uh, which obviously is pretty terrible.
0: And they're only talking shit based on things that he's told them that he doesn't like about you.
1: Right. (laughs) It's just, obviously, him complaining about me to his friends and... They didn't know me at all. So obviously that's where they got all their info from. (laughs) And so I will say I think our breakup was pretty mutual. It wasn't just him dumping me. Even though that's probably how he sees it. Because he's absolutely full of himself. But I was uh, so done with him at that point. That I really just wanted him to leave. And I didn't want to deal with it. And so he... Thinking back on what he said when we were breaking up, I think it's hilarious, which is pretty terrible. I have a messed up sense of humor. (laughs) He basically said that I was too good for him because I spent all of my time trying to make him a better person, and he didn't want to be a better person. He just wanted to be a bum, and he wasn't interested in anything I wanted. And so we should just end things now. (laughs) He was pretty spot on. So that's why I think it's really funny. Because he was completely serious. I don't know if you've ever had anyone look you in your face and tell you they want to stay a loser. It's pretty funny when you look back on it.
0: He had a moment of self-reflection, an epiphany of his status in life. And I think you were probably on your way out anyways, but I'm glad he did you that favor. And if nothing else, hopefully it gave you a little closure because he admitted, I'm the problem here.
1: It definitely set me back a little bit because obviously he'd never said anything even close to that before. (laughs) After he had that whole conversation with me about how he was the problem, basically, I was hopeful that he would make our breakup easy and it would be fine we would get all our stuff and just that would be the end of it and that's of course not what happened I ended up buying him a new phone a few months before we broke up so he was on my phone plan and so basically I told him I'm gonna have to get that phone back from you I don't want to keep paying for it he set up a time for me to come get it when I got done with work and I told him I would be there Maybe half an hour before I got done with my shift, I get a text from him like, oh, I'm sorry, today's not going to work. Can we try next week sometime? And I was like, absolutely, we can't. You're just trying to make this drag on as long as possible, and I'm trying to get rid of you, basically. So he got really angry with me for not accommodating his schedule. What ended up happening is I had to call my stepdad to go pick it up from him. Because he started threatening me. My ex started threatening me. Saying that if I showed up, he was going to have a problem with me trying to get my property back. And he, I don't even remember what he said. He, But he was furious. And I just did not feel comfortable going to see him with everything he had said to me. So I asked my stepdad to go pick it up. And he did. Like, my ex is completely all talk like he would never actually follow through with any of the violence he threatened he left the phone in the mailbox of the house he was staying at and my stepdad could see him looking out the windows at him to make sure he was coming to get the phone and he literally a coward like (laughs) because my stepdad was angry of course because I told him I had sent him, like, screenshots and told him what he had said, and he was furious that he was making this such a big deal, and it's not like I was out of line getting my own phone back. Like, he just made it harder than it had to be, and so I did get my phone back eventually. I, goodness. If our relationship was bad, I think our breakup was even worse, which sucks, so Since we had lived together, a lot of our stuff was still combined. Even though we weren't living together, we just hadn't had the chance to go through all of it. And so all of my stuff was still at his mom's house. And he was just giving me a really hard time, like dodging my calls and like telling me he was busy. I couldn't come get my stuff. So I ended up going behind his back and talking to his mom and asking her if I could come get my stuff. Even though his mom. Isn't the best person. She was, for the most part, pretty nice to me. Like, we got along pretty decently. So, I think she was pretty appalled with how he was treating me. Well, she would tell me all the time that she thought I was too good for him, basically. (laughs) Like, his own mom would tell me that a lot, which made me sad. And so, I talked to his mom, and she told me to come on over all of my stuff. They had gone through it, and She made sure I had all of my things and she didn't let him try to take any of it. She was really nice about it, which I appreciated a lot. So I went over to get my stuff and in the chaos of it all, I don't know, I wasn't thinking straight. I ended up accidentally taking a tote of his stuff because it was all like next to each other. I just was grabbing stuff. And so when I got home, I was going through it all. I messaged him. I should have messaged his mom, honestly, thinking back on it. And I said, hey, I accidentally took some of your stuff. When can I drop it off? Or do you want to come pick it up? Just let me know what's easier. And he was so furious. He like went on this whole rant about how I was trying to steal from him and like, how dare I take his stuff and that I was probably just going to trash it. So why was I pretending like I was going to give it back? Like all this crap. And he did end up coming to pick it up. And he was so, again, just so mad that I had gotten my stuff back. Like, he was just wanted his game to go on longer, I'm assuming. I don't know how someone can be so mean and narcissistic, but so childish at the same time. Like He ended up taking his tote and he dumped it in the trunk of his friend's car. And then he threw the tote into my parents' yard it was like the middle of winter, like it's freezing out. And he is standing at the end of our little walkway, throwing the toad into the yard and yelling at me that because I had stolen his stuff, he's going to make me come out and get my tote back like, <laughs> in the yard. Like, And I was just like standing at the door, like, What is going on? I don't know what you're trying to prove. Like, this isn't hurting my feelings at all. Like
0: You're embarrassing yourself at this point.
1: (laughs) You're just dumb. Like, that's a dumb thing to do. (laughs) Literally, it was embarrassing. I could hear his friends, like, in his car. They were, like, laughing and cheering him on. I'm like, you guys are all a bunch of idiots if this is entertaining to you.
0: (laughs) All they know is what they're told by him. They just got that one side of it. If half of his friends knew how he really behaved, I think they would be appalled too, but...
1: Yeah, and just, like, him and his friends, I met some of them. We would hang out sometimes, but, like, most of them I just had nothing to do with. And so, I obviously have no idea what he told them, and whatever, he can lie all he wants. But he's really good at playing the victim in every single situation, so... I'm sure even if he did tell them the truth, like he could play it off and make it my fault and people would buy it because that's what people like him do.
0: And we all want to take people at their word. We want to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's what makes narcissists and manipulative people so dangerous is we want to believe them. We don't think somebody would literally Compulsively lie and manipulate every single situation in their life to the point where they're living in an alternate reality.
1: That's something I struggled with, and I probably still struggle with it a bit after we broke up. It's just a lot of the things he said and did, I just had no comprehension of because I would never consider doing that to someone, and especially someone I claimed to have feelings for. And so After we broke up, it was really hard to not necessarily justify it, but just to even see his perspective. It just absolutely made no sense to me. And that's what took me the longest to process. And I probably am still processing it. Like, I just, you can't figure out that thought process unless you are narcissistic yourself, I think.
0: I struggle with it every day when I read some hateful comment online. I see some outrage happening in the world, and I see the things that people say or threaten, and I just go, I would never say that to somebody. <laughs> like-
1: I don't even like thinking about what it would be like to treat someone who had done so much for you. Because from my point of view, our whole relationship, I had just been encouraging him to get his life together and to maybe get his license and try to get a car and have a job and like all of this stuff that would just make him a better person. And for him to just turn around and just, I don't know, not appreciate any of it. That's hard for me to comprehend still.
0: When he's at home all day long and you're out working... If I was in that situation, I would want to clean up the house and make it nice and feel like I'm pulling my weight in some way. Because if I wasn't contributing financially, then I would want to be like, hey, look, I'm trying to help here in some way, in some fashion. But no.
1: (laughs) No, I absolutely would do the same thing if I was in that situation. I would be embarrassed to just sit around and do nothing and watch someone else do everything for me. I would never do that.
0: On the beginning of this conversation, you didn't even want to speak poorly of him because that's not in your nature. And the only time you said you were ashamed is when I suggested that you let go of him on the stairwell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I didn't drop my injured ex down the stairs. That's a good thing on my positive column. After I had gotten all my stuff back, still isn't the end of the story, unfortunately. (laughs) he. So I basically, I blocked him on all of my social media and he still had my number, but I would not reply to him if he did happen to text me. I basically was, I told him like, I'm not going to reply to any of your messages, so maybe just leave me alone. I have a hard time blocking people, not because I would want to know what he was doing or what was going on just if he were to message me and say something or even like if he posted something on Facebook about me like I would want to know about it and not find out months later that he had been I don't know he could have posted some terrible things about me not that I care what people think I really don't but just I don't know why it bothered me to think that he could say whatever he wanted and I wouldn't know about it. So he did have my number, so he would text me every so often and just try to be friends with me. And I didn't want to be friends with him. And so I told him that a few times. It was almost like he was harassing me. It's not like he would text me like constantly, but almost every day I would get a message or two from him. Like asking what I was doing or if I was okay. I don't know. It was weird because... I was very insistent I didn't want him in my life anymore. After a month or so, he did kind of stop talking to me, which was really nice. And even though he was mean to me and I didn't like our relationship, I was actually pretty heartbroken when we broke up because I did have feelings for him. And it was hard for me to process all of that, all of the feelings I was having, and also process... That he was really abusive to me and just those two sides conflicted and it was really hard for me. So having him message me constantly just made it worse. It was because he was being so nice. I'm like, now you're going to be nice to me (laughs) after we break up? Like it it just gave me such a headache every day. I really should have just blocked his number. And so maybe... I don't know, a few months after we broke up, I think, is the last time I talked to him. And I actually decided to have a conversation with him. I think I was just in a good mood that day, and I felt like maybe something productive would come from it. Wishful thinking is what that is. (laughs) Basically, what happened was he was telling me that he had started dating this girl, and he was really conflicted about it because he said he still had feelings for me and he didn't know which one of us to choose and i was like (laughs) really confused because i'm not in the options like (laughs) why are you considering me i want nothing to do with you it was super weird for him to say that and so i basically explained that to him i said well First of all, if you're so conflicted, maybe you should leave that poor girl alone. She doesn't need that in her life, and I want nothing to do with you. So don't even consider me as an option because you have no chance of getting back together with me. That made him mad, of course. I didn't say it very nicely. which I I should have been meaner to him earlier. So I don't feel bad about it.
0: (laughs) It's not in your nature to be mean. And at this point, you have no obligation to be nice. So it's okay.
1: (laughs) And so he, I don't even remember how he phrased it. But he basically, this is really, really weird. So after I told him he had no chance to get back together with me, he started saying how, never really wanted to be with me in the first place and how like basically our entire relationship, he was faking enjoying my company and he was faking being attracted to me. And he was pretty sure that he liked men now and that he lied to himself, our entire relationship. He finally (laughs) needed to come clean to me about that. It's really funny considering we just talked about how he was still considering trying to get back together with me. Obviously that doesn't, it doesn't track from a logical standpoint. And he obviously didn't care. So I was laughing about that. I thought it was really funny because it made absolutely no sense. He was just trying to hurt my feelings and bother me by saying all that mean stuff. Like, and basically... The only thing that really bothered me that he had said was he told me that he and his friends talked about me a lot, which I knew because obviously they talk shit about me all the time. And he told his friends that there was something wrong with me and that the reason he was with me was because he felt bad for me because he didn't think I could handle being on my own. Basically that there was just something wrong with me mentally and that I was unstable.
0: And that's what we call projection.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I told him, I'm like, well, you know, that's absolutely not true. I can tell you everything that I ever did for you and myself. And I don't know why it bothered me so much. I did get really upset after he started talking about, I guess, our relationship and how... I was still pretty sensitive about it at the time because it was like I was embarrassed that I let it go on so long. But I was also, I don't know, I didn't absolutely accept that he was pretty abusive. Like, I was still really conflicted about everything that had happened. And so him just being abusive again, like, I had a hard time dealing with that and processing it. So it did make me really upset. And it did hurt my feelings. Of course, like, the minute you show weakness to people who are trying to tear you down, they know they got to you and now you're really in trouble kind of thing. Our whole relationship, and honestly, a lot of my life, I have struggled with mental health issues like so many people have. Depression and anxiety have been a big part of my life. And so he obviously knew that. We lived together. So basically... After he realized I was upset, he started just telling me how worthless I was and how he wasted his time with me and how basically anyone who chose to be in my life was wasting their time and how I was just a burden on my family because I still was living with my mom and basically I should just kill myself and no one would miss me and he didn't care one way or the other. He just didn't want me around him. And he would prefer it if I were dead, honestly, is what he said, which is just a terrible thing to say to anyone.
0: (laughs) I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but when a controlling person such as him feels like he's losing control of you, he has to keep you on that virtual leash of his so he keeps texting you he keeps trying to stay in your life he keeps his hooks in and then when you finally give him that no we're done then he has to destroy you before he can let go and he has to tell you all the things that he hates about himself I'm assuming and try to make you believe it
1: yeah definitely a lot of projection him being such a controlling person I think. Us breaking up was just the worst thing he could see happening because he just wanted to be in control. Since we've been broken up for a long time, I just wanted absolutely nothing to do with people. I had a hard time even considering trying to date again. And I have started dating since then, and it's been pretty okay. It's good. The one thing that bothered me is the last guy I dated we dated for maybe a few months and it was weird because he was really serious wanting to be more serious than I was wanting to be but he ended up asking me to tell him the story about what happened with my ex and dig into it a bit more than I already had and so I did I told him the whole story and maybe a few weeks later he ended up breaking up with me He had a few reasons, but one of them was that he felt like I was comparing him to my ex all the time. Every time I would tell him that he said something that made me uncomfortable, he felt like I was calling him abusive or something like that, which it makes me not want to talk to anybody about it. Like, I don't want to tell anyone because, I don't know, are they going to think I think that way about everyone? I don't know. It was really weird. I... Definitely never compared them, so I thought that was just totally out of left field.
0: If you put all your red flags and baggage out on a table and somebody says, I don't want part of that, then they're not your person. Don't worry about it. There's other people that will love and embrace you for you and all of your faults and all of your good traits, too.
1: Well, thank you. That's that's really nice of you to say. Yeah, that constant guilt. It was, it's almost like I got to the point where I was just afraid to have any kind of feelings one way or the other because no matter what my reaction was, it was an issue. No matter what I said, what I did, there was always an issue. And you can't even, I wasn't, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I basically wasn't myself for a really long time because of that. I'm a pretty forward person. I am pretty confident in who I am, but I lost that for a long time. So, I don't know. I guess relearning how to accept myself is harder than I expected it to be. Yeah, because I I just find myself struggling with things I've never struggled with before. Like
0: This is hard, but you have to accept that right now, you're not that confident person you used to be, and not get frustrated with yourself. And from there, you work on it. And I'm not the person I was 10 years ago. Definitely can't do what I used to do 10 years ago. (laughs) And just, I have to accept that and work with the strengths I do have. And for you, being around your friends and family and people that appreciate you and appreciate your strengths is what you need more of. And
1: No, absolutely. I definitely need to be around better people. I have a lot of good people in my life, thankfully.
0: I do too. I just don't give them a chance to help me because I don't want to be a burden either.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I definitely know how that feels.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I know it was emotional for you. Hopefully later today, tomorrow, next week, it'll feel somewhat cathartic for you.
1: I definitely already feel like it was a good conversation. I feel like it was something I needed to do. So thank you for talking with me and listening. I definitely appreciate your time.